Greetings, rare ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones. And if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always so good conversation. Bye for now. Welcome, Yvette, to the platform, to the podcast. Greetings, John. Thank you so much for inviting me to this pod- podcast. And um, I am honored and it's a pleasure to be your first guest from Belize. My name is Yvette Masariegos. And thank you very much for inviting me, Joan. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Glad to have you on finally, Yvette. So before we begin the conversation on, on the female entrepreneurs and the landscape there in Belize, can you tell us just a little bit about you, um, your business, and your journey as an entrepreneur? Um, good, thank you. Um, Joanne, I, mean, I graduated from the University of Belize with a bachelor's degree in business administration. And I got married and I have two kids. And right after I graduated from the University of Belize, I decided to start my own business. And so I registered my business M&M Distributors, which we, or which with my husband. And um, with that business, what I did was I imported paper products, fabric textiles, and lithographic arts for the printing industry. And we only wholesale and we distribute these products to the country of Belize. So um, from there, it's been growing and then it branched out into a paper converting company called Belize National Paper Converters that can be seen on YouTube, BNPC. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing branched out to the other and as time went by, sometimes the business would would fluctuate because of the economy or whatever the, whatever trends it was in, in the country. So I recently, uh, as uh, recent as 2000, that's not so recent, but that's kind of a long time. I started right. selling, yeah, I started selling hospital disposable supplies to the government of Belize and um, the Ministry of Health and to the private sector as well. Um, Disposable supplies like gloves, face masks, syringes, and and that type of products. And um, well, the business environment in Belize is, is pretty good. There's potential for development, 
But for women, I think that it's a little bit lacking because you need, we need to change policies and certain other um, challenges that we need to change in Belize to encourage women entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurial and to have access to working capital and for the institutions to not be afraid to lend money to women because yeah. women, traditional, women traditionally have been able to, to repay their loans. And if they can't repay it, that, 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 that is okay because you're trying to help, help women to invest in your country. Because if you lend money only to men, then you will only help half of your country. So mm -hmm. if you have everyone in your country, both men and women, being entrepreneurial, they will be developing the economy. And it's a positive thing. When you have a healthy middle class, and uh, that is very good for, for the economy to survive because then people will be, jobs will be available and, and that is a very good thing for any country, especially in Belize. So I would like to see um, more money or finances available to the women so that they could be entrepreneurial in all aspects, in agriculture, in in, in whatever, in the cosmetics, hospital industry, in, in any industry that they decide to do. And so my journey has started from way back in 1995 up to wow. present day. And it, yeah, and, and it has um, been a really wonderful journey. And I can tell you a lot of good stories. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can. Yeah. So and I um, so I I don't I don't have enough hours. But in a capsule, what I would like to say is that it was a struggle at first because well, being a woman and being a woman and the type of industry that I wanted to do, like the paper converting company, um, first. I needed to set up my warehouse for my factory in a very remote part of Belmopan at that time. In my in my town, I live in Belmopan, the city of Belmopan, the capital, the new mm -hmm. capital of Belize. And in the mm -hmm. area that was industrial, set aside for industrial site, um, it was like, at that time, the outskirts of Belmopan. It is no longer the outskirts of Belmopan. It is in the middle of Belmopan now. But um, at that time, we had to get like a generator. <clears throat> We had to get three-phase electricity because the type of equipment that I have in my warehouse um, is it, industrial. So you cannot use two-phase electricity. Two-phase electricity is for your office or your home use. So that's expensive. But for factories, like the equipment that I need to run, it needs three-phase, three lines, no? So yeah. I had to... I had to lobby the, the, the electric company to run their lines all the way out there at the time because it was just bush <laughs> where I planned to build my warehouse and my factory. And they're like, well, why do you want to do that? Because Belize was focusing on, or still focuses a lot on the tourism industry and tourism doesn't need three faith. So I'm like, well, you know, I want to develop in the industry, industrial part. I don't want to just import and resell because uh, I don't want to be like a middleman because if I'm or middlewoman I don't correction I don't because mm -hmm. 
businesses like that come and go and they they disappear and no one misses them but if you have a factory and you are manufacturing something in your country and distributing it when you don't have that then you miss that type of person that type of person helps your economy so um that's that's my aim to to transform paper from large rolls it, it comes mm -hmm. in a large roll i put it on the on the on the sheeting equipment and it mm -hmm. cuts it into large sheets and then mm -hmm. further you can cut it down into smaller sheets the idea is to manufacture and transform this paper and eventually export and take advantage of the caribbean single market economy because belize is part of the caribbean um trading block mm -hmm. and if i CARICOM. So if I'm able to take advantage of the CSME, Caribbean single market economy, I could I can export to the Caribbean countries that it would be duty free and and certain other, other advantages that that are beneficial for the trading block. And that would generate revenues or income uh, for an exchange for Belize. And that is a good thing. So far, we have few people who do that for Belize to get much needed US dollars or foreign exchange. One of our more famous female entrepreneurs here in Belize is Marie Sharps. I think lots of people know her. She mm -hmm. sells hot pepper sauce to many people all over the world. And she um, she's one of the main sources of, of earning foreign exchange. Well, and she's a woman, and, and I really admire her, and, and I look at, at her as a good example of a woman entrepreneur. I wish we would have more women entrepreneurs in Belize. So I'm, let's, I'm hoping Let's to talk about that. Let's talk ab about that. Um, you said you wish there'd be more female entrepreneurs. So tell me right now, um, let's begin with, are there a lot of female entrepreneurs in Belize? That's the first question. And then the follow-up to that is, what needs what do you believe needs to happen to create an environment where women want to become entrepreneurs or if they're interested they can become or feel like they should become entrepreneurs okay okay so let's just take it in parts and then you you fo you follow up with the question so one of the first questions that you ask is if there's a lot of women entrepreneurs in belize Mm -hmm. I believe, yes, that we have a lot of women entrepreneurs, but many of them probably don't look at it as an, uh, they're not famous. So if they're not famous, they probably don't think that they are entrepreneurs. They, they probably don't think that they are doing a business, but because they're they are just sustaining themselves. But I see an entrepreneur, anyone who is out there selling, there are some people selling rice and beans, their foodware, and at certain times in the market area, some of them sell vegetables, some go out on market days and sell their wares. Some of them transform shoes, they make shoes, some of them do jewelry. Some mm. of them are successful and they grow and and they and they grow. But yeah, we, we don't highlight them. So what I think is necessary in Belize is one of the things that is necessary and key is for access to working capital, to loans, because if not, they mm -hmm. will forever stay small and just sustaining themselves. So yeah. 
just making money to sustain themselves, not growing a business. So, so I what you're like saying is, so are you saying mm -hmm. there are a lot of women there who are economically active, they're doing things, but yeah. they need to be able to scale what they're doing so they can become entrepreneurs. So I guess there aren't a lot of entrepreneurs right now. I mean, is that I, what you're saying? From that definition, I would say that, but we do have okay. lots of women who, if, if we were to just stop doing our business, I think it would collapse because do you have a lot of women out there who make our our economy stand every day we have women doing something that contribute to the to the economy in belize so yes we have a lot of women entrepreneur women but it's just from the definition right like i said definition the yeah then then i would say we, we don't have enough or at least not visible or not famous ones just just the more famous ones, like well, like I said, Marie Sharp and mm -hmm. and maybe Quant or whatever. But because something so something that, we know, something we know, and a lot people us yeah. who come from developing countries is that everyone is technically an entrepreneur, right? Because everybody is hustling, everybody's everybody's yeah. okay. Let's not say hustle. Everybody's right. building something. Everybody's doing something yeah. for themselves because yeah. they have to. You know, these are like the necessity yeah. entrepreneurs. Let's call them that. But if we put this term entrepreneur into the technical definition of as someone who's building a high growth company then that becomes that can be scaled then that's a completely different conversation so i'm referring to those women who have the potential to build high growth companies what needs to happen in belize for that to happen for that to occur for women well, to for that, to do that. Mm -hmm. again access to capital and also Mm -hmm. um, we need to allow women to um, have lots of confidence in themselves, to know that if out of the 10 qualifications that you need to scale up a business or to do something, and if they have eight, but they just don't have the last two things, mm -hmm. they need to know that they can still do it. They can still go ahead and do it. Because in comparison to their counterparts, sometimes you have some men who only have two of the qualifications, but they feel empowered to go ahead because they have two and they can do it. So mm -hmm. in comparison, you have women, some women who lack the, the, the support, the network, the support and the confidence. So we need to work on that. We need to work on training them and they above all need to have the economic uh, support so they need to have access to loans to me that's that's the main thing but capital. different capital different it everything is different for different people it, it's it depends on on the on the different people and their needs but i just mm -hmm. see that as a main stumbling block because when you don't have access to the working capital that holds you back you just cannot up you cannot you can't do anything you just have to struggle until until you something happens and it takes forever sometimes and sometimes never happens so, so what why why okay capital because capital is a problem for all entrepreneurs whether male female okay it's just a problem across the board so right now how is capital accessed in Belize for entrepreneurs? Is it just microloans? Is it startup programs? 
what what's happening is there an ecosystem there or is it just going into a bank the banks lend money to to businesses can you explain the the lending uh infrastructure in the in the country for us so we can okay. get an understanding yeah please okay i will speak from my experience and my my point of my 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 experience so um one they don't have too many um, institutions that will lend you a micro loan or help you with, if you're a small person, they don't have too many of that. Sometimes some organizations, some NGOs would come on and would have like little training for sewing and then they would give you a little 1000 or $500 for you. But when that is up, then sometimes those NGOs don't get funding again to continue to sustain that. So it is not common. You don't have a lot of that available. Personally, with me, my in my case, um, when we started our business, I had a house already. Um, so I didn't start so small. I had a house that I could use as a capital. I had some property, uh, some and a lot. And my husband, when he retired, retired. Hello? Yes, yes, I'm here. Mm -hmm. When he retired. So, he did not retire. When he stopped working, he got his, he, he stopped working and he got some money from his job in Guatemala and we moved to Belize. And with Sorry. some of that capital and some of the, the assets, the collateral that I had, I was able to go to the bank and mm -hmm. I was lucky I was lucky that the, the bank manager there, the first bank manager was a man. So when I went mm -hmm. to him and I'm trying to get my work capital going, you know, I needed a little bit more, a little bump up more than what I had. Because when, when we, we started, the capital wasn't so, so big, it was small. And then each time the things that I needed to bring in, I needed more and more money to, to pay because my suppliers at the time didn't know me, so they didn't give me credit. I had to pay 100% in advance. <clears throat> and so sometimes the money that I had wasn't enough to buy the products, the paper products, the, the fabric textiles and the paper products. I started with those two things. And so I didn't have all of the capital. I would have some. So it, so I had to do two things. I had to convince the supplier, look, I'm leaving you a check here, a post-dated check. Allow me to take the material and I will pay you in two weeks or an agreed time. I will pay you back, but I'm giving you a check. The check is a serious uh, legal thing because if not, they can take me to, to, to court or whatever. So that worked for me from one end to get them to trust me to give me a certain limit of credit. But the limit of credit is small and every time as I grow bigger, the limit of credit get, got bigger and bigger, right? So that's one mm -hmm. thing that worked for me. Then the next, I would, then I went to the bank and the man there at the time was a male, male um, a guy, and he was so stingy with the money. He acted as if that was his money. And even though mm -hmm. he's seen that, I have an account with him and I'm growing and I'm steadily growing as a business. He was like really harsh. Then his term went up and then a woman came. 
And this mm. is when Alex started for me because this woman was a very smart woman and she supported me. She gave, she took a chance on me. At that time, she gave me like, what was it? It was like 14 or 15,000 Belize dollars in, in, in like a loan that I could access right. it in, in a credit card without collateral. Can you believe that she took this, this risk on me? I was wow. amazing. I said, it got to be a woman. I, I said, it got to be a woman to help another woman. Because behind mm -hmm. every successful woman, you have lots of strong, successful women behind her, lifting her up. And I was really amazed and happy for that. So I ran with that. And when you look, I kept making more money and I making more money for the bank because the way they, they trusted me, I paid back the loan and I was very diligent and I serviced it. I not one day did I let down my friend and she became my friend and and I yeah. really really care for her so much because so this is my story and how I kept growing and growing and every time my, my account get bigger and bigger and the contracts got bigger and and I was able to service my loan and my overdraft got bigger and and then I can get loan and so on and so forth. The rest is history. But that was so specific this, to me. So is this so is this common though? Is this how it works even to today for funding you? It's all through banks? It will have to be that way because you I can't go into uh, another institution and say, okay, give me money and do for me to it is hard. The only way mm -hmm. to get a loan is through the banks. And then the banks, many of the banks have really high interest rates. I wish mm -hmm. that they would have lower interest rates to support businesses if we have to go through the banks. Because mm -hmm. I, I, there's no other institution, lending institution, like I would hear you would have in some Indian countries or in some other countries that a woman can go in and get a microloan. They talk about it here in Belize, but it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't really work out well because one time I went to get a microloan from an institution that they don't really have um, lending facilities. They're more like training. But at that time, for some reason, they, they hooked up with some NGO, with some PIME or something like that. And, and I went into them. I took my contract. My contract at the time was like $240,000. And all I wanted was for them to help me with a little overdraft for like 50000 But mm -hmm. I showed them my contract. I gave them my contract. I showed them, look, this is a government contract and you know we will get paid. And can you facilitate me? All I wanted was 50000 Look at the 240000 contract that I took in. Do you know they did not want to give me that that? that overdraft, I was really disappointed. And fortunately, I didn't have to deal with them. Instead, I went right, I went back to my bank. The mm -hmm. reason why I went to that institution was because their interest rate was low. And so I thought that would be an advantage for me. But they didn't help me. Instead, I had to go to the bank with a higher interest rate. But if they're the only ones who will lend, lend it to me, then so be it that, that I had to do that. So that was my specific journey. And I don't know what it's like for other people. I can only imagine it's similar. And those who cannot even afford to do that, those who don't happen to have the good fortune like myself to have a woman take a chance on them. And, you know, it, lots of different people fall through the cracks. So to me, that's the main thing that 
called back lots of women to scale up or yeah. to have. Some women are very creative and, and they know yeah. how to do differently. So I don't know about their stories because I, I, I don't know. All I can say is, is my story and my specific journey and, and how it was for me. It was hard. I tell you it was hard, but obviously I overcame my challenges. And um, okay. So then as yeah. I'm coming so then as I'm coming along and the trends tend to change, I keep my ears to the ground and I tend to move along with the trends because sometimes the paper products don't sell and sometimes the, the fabric textiles don't sell because you always get competition. You always get someone new with a new idea and whatnot. So you have to keep updated with the trends to for you to keep um, competitive. So... Sometimes I, when I sell uniform material, I have to do a little twist, do a little something different to keep myself current and up to date. And after that, I also have to sell other products, which I started to sell metal shelving. And that took long to take attraction, but it's, it's starting to take traction and people are starting to see the value of buying the metal shelving. And then I started to sell hospital disposable medical supplies, and that also helped. And then, um, then I have other types of um, factors. That that's a different story for a different day. It's a very sensitive topic. I don't want to get into the reason why I might if that is slowing down. So the, the another trend, and I'm pivoting again, is mm -hmm. to sell. Um, medical equipment so i'm representing mind ray which is a, a, a brand a famous brand i think it's okay. chinese it's a famous brand of medical equipment they are always well positioned in this in the in the world because um they have good value for their money and they have some very good technology in their equipment so right now I am selling mine ray equipment for hospital, hospitals, hospital equipment. So okay. um, I'm, I'm proud of mine ray because they are a very, um, very good company. Because just now with the coronavirus that, that just came about, I know that they donated a lot of equipment to, to the fight against coronavirus. So I think they are very social, um, socially conscious company and they're, they're very good so I'm happy to be associated with them and to sell their products here in Belize. Okay great so now I want to shift now to the the second part or other part of the question which was what do you think needs to happen so okay what needs to happen now for more women to be to who want to become entrepreneurs who want to get involved in the ecosystem who want to build businesses what needs to happen in belize i know you mentioned capital and banks are the only way how can belize build a thriving ecosystem that supports not i mean obviously women but all entrepreneurs particularly let's focus on younger women yeah how 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 can that be developed in belize and as someone who has been around in the in in, the, in business in the country for a long time, you've seen a lot. So what recommendations would you have? Like, let's say I were uh, 23 and I want to start my business in Belize. 
what yeah. what would I need to do to be successful right now? And how what what would I need help with? Who do I go to? Do I go to government? Do, do, is there a startup program? I'm trying to get an idea of what what the ecosystem looks like there. Okay, so uh, 23 year old will probably have a better idea of maybe look around in government, different the, the different ministries and the different um, NGOs that are popping up around these days. Many of them are going online, register. We will have a seminar, a training, and you have to keep yourself current. You need to be, and some many of these younger people are technologically savvy, so they can go online and look at Google and see if their type of business is feasible and to do little surveys and, and do the little investigation or research, market research, to see if it is a viable business. But mm -hmm. that's a different. That's at a different level. Well, but what I think you're asking, I'm not sure, is for even younger people. Um, let's say someone in primary school, someone who cannot do the educational, the educational thing, because right. Some people who go to study, they become doctors, liars, and whatever. And some of mm -hmm. them... Not everyone's academic. Not everyone's academic, right? Mm -hmm. And so some drop out of school. Even if you're selling rice and beans, food or whatever, but if you have a, a, an idea of selling a business, an idea, you should be encouraged. So from primary school level, they should mm -hmm. have teachers letting kids know guess what you can be technical you can wait on tables that can be your business you can have a catering business you can have a business where you will rent tables you will be a waiter a, a hospitality type of thing and start to open the ideas of kids that they it's not just academics they can also explore other ideas just start to give them the encouragement to feed the idea that there's a different life. There's not just one way to look at things, that the world is wide, that to lift up their head out of the, the small glass of water and they will see the world. So whatever they, they, they imagine or dream, if they can dream it, it can happen. So start mm -hmm. to encourage children in entrepreneur from as young as primary school, Continue mm -hmm. it in, in high school for those who are interested in that. I'm not saying to, to push it down anyone's throat, but if you see someone's ability in that section, whether it's welding or whether it's computer or sewing or acting or, or hospitality, encourage it. They can either go work for someone or they can open their own business and encourage it. Because not yeah. everyone will go to university and have a bachelor's degree in business administration. I did that. And you don't need that. And you, not everybody I needs don't need that. that. I, I don't need that. But it, it will help. Right. I mean, I'm not saying if you have it, it will help you. But it clearly will help you. You will have a, a, a more disciplined and analytical capability, a bigger reach. But you don't need it. What you need is just to get the confidence to get started. The, sure. the confidence to know that, yes, you can do it. And, yes, there are things there that you can access. So, okay. So as a kid, maybe, or a high school kid, or a 23-year-old, you might not know that you have certain things available to you. Mm 
you might right. not know that Absolutely. you need to register your business. So you need a lot of people to mentor you. You need mm -hmm. mentors you need to be able to access mentors. So they should have like, I would hope that there would be areas or NGOs or government ministries that can point you out to seminars, free seminars, that right. you can attend those classes for training and empowerment. Like, okay, you go, uh, this is basket weaving seminar. This is what you need to know if you want to open a business for basket weaving. You will mm -hmm. need to know of the skills. You will need to know where to buy the raw materials. You will need to know how to manage your finances. You will need to know how to um, go register your business and pay the different things that you need to do. Because some people right. would start a business right. not knowing that you do need to go pay for a trade license. You do need to get a sanitation mm -hmm. license and you need all the different little things, tedious little things that you need to do before you start your business. And all of that is cost. All right. of that is more. So overheads and all, costs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of this, the, 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 the women need to know about this uh, besides... Uh, what about, what about okay, because I know you mentioned uh, teaching sort of the entrepreneurship in schools, and I'm a huge advocate for that because you know I, I, I teach entrepreneurship to secondary school students. I'm doing it right now in China. And I find myself moving away from conversations with people who say to me, entrepreneurship why do you do that because then I have to go through the pains of trying to wow. explain and it gets really tiring because I think if you stop and think about what entrepreneurship is you can understand why you can teach it but maybe I need yeah. to approach it differently I'm still trying to figure that out but anyway obviously when yeah. you're teaching entrepreneurship you're not it's not about teaching people to build young people to build a business it's about the skills it's about the mindset it's about the attitude it's about yeah. It's about so many other things than just a business. The business is just the, you know, the 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 end product. But yeah. what do we need to do in cultures in the developing world? Different cultures, like the culture you're talking about, you and I come from same culture, Caribbean culture, Latin culture, what have you. That, um, that culture within the Central American part of the world, right? Which is very complex. How do you get people, parents particularly, to embrace the idea of an entrepreneurial culture. Because I think parents might be the biggest barriers to teaching this yeah. in schools because the culture is very much that people, and it's not just in Latin America and the Caribbean, it's throughout the developing world. Parents, particularly middle-class parents, are keen on their children getting degrees. You have to get yes. degrees, you have to get educated. And even the poor people and the working class people, that's what they're aspiring to because that's what yeah. you're constantly being taught that you need a degree. Yeah. So how do you think we can change the culture so that parents are also on board with embracing this idea of, okay, we can teach them entrepreneurship. They may not necessarily become an entrepreneur, but they will have the yeah. skills. And for those that do want to build businesses, then great. Right. And then how do we get them to celebrate big ideas? Because we don't we don't celebrate big ideas. We don't push young people to think big. We push them, we say dream big. That means go and get your your degree in this, this and that and go yeah. and get this amazing job. But that's different to think big. Dreaming big and thinking big are very different. Think big is I'm going to solve yeah. a major problem in my country that's going to help a lot of people and make them <laughs> rich. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Right. Or whatever you, whatever it is, like outrageous. 
Okay, and that's okay, but why why don't we encourage that? So how do we change this culture with the parents and you know just with people in the educational system to think big and embrace entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism? I I don't really know. There's not one mm -hmm. quick fix or one pill or one solution to it, but yeah, all yeah. I can say is look at different cultures like in India and some other countries that mm -hmm. tend to be very entrepreneurial. China. China, very entrepreneurial. It's like they right now they can they can survive because they will sell you something and then after that if it explodes, well then they're scaling up and then it's a natural thing, it's organic, it grows. You might start for the lack of the word, you might start the hustle, right? But it's not a hustle. It's you might start the the what is what is a better word, more positive word than the word hustle? Um uh, you might start the, the caring for trying to make money at first and then after that you start to scale up and you start to grow a business but it's organic it starts to happen naturally as you start to grow and then you start yeah. to see things differently then you start to attend different seminars or you hear things on an ad on tv or you you hear from a friend and it, it, it starts to grow just organically and then you start to um, develop your your business so I think we need a lot of encouragement in the society yeah. that it is okay to be a business person if you want to. And it is okay to help the economy in your country. It is great and we applaud it. And you encourage it because when you encourage it and you, ha you, you encourage people to be independent, self-sufficient, to be farmers, to have food in the market, uh, it's... it's it's just a whole culture. We just have to understand it and, and support it like other countries and not focus so much on the, on the I want to get rich. You have to be able to say, this is what I love to do. This is my passion. It brings mm -hmm. me happiness. And yes, yeah. I can sustain myself. I am yes, happy yes. being a painter. I'm happy being a singer. I'm happy being a chef. I'm happy doing selling chickens or whatever. I'm happy selling paper products. And yeah. by the way, yes. And by the way, yes, I am making money because that's what yeah, business is. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being rich. I think that a lot of people, exactly. I mean, you're not in business if you're not profitable. So, <laughs> you know, you can, know. you don't have to compromise. You can be, you can right. be profitable, you can be wealthy and you can solve a big problem and you can help people right. and you can serve and you can yeah. do all of that. You can do it all. And if you want to be super rich, that's cool too. Um, you can do that in business. You can do that in other ways. But I just, this idea of thinking big, I find that it's not, it's not a part of the culture. And I think if we don't encourage young people to have these big audacious ideas, we're never really going to, um, to, to not be afraid to jump in. They need to stop the fear of what and if I fail? You cannot, you cannot. Right, right. Because many people don't want to start a business because they're afraid to fail. But you know how many businesses I killed? So before I really landed on the one that did that work for me. So it's like one of the things that when I went to one of these seminars with the with all of the women for business, 
women entrepreneurs, many of us, when we started talking, we're like, ha, 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 I tried that business and it crashed and burned. Ha, 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 you did that too. Oh my God, I did that. And we're all laughing because we, we, so we decided we were serial killers because we killed many different little business ideas before we landed on the one that worked for us. For example, yeah. I, when I first started, I started selling pots and pans, aluminum pots and pans. That didn't go for too long. Then I tried selling shampoo. That crashed and burned nearly instantly. And it, we, I had fun. You know, it's through your errors and you have to be okay with making errors and certain failures because you fail up. You fail forward. You learn from your mistakes. So, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again and this and that and whatnot. And then when you look, it, it's like I said, you grow organically. You start to learn from your previous failure and you start to better it every time you get better and better at it until when you look, I'm, I have a paper converting company and that is not by chance. That, that happened over like I told you, from 1995 up until 2019. Yeah. With, my, with my business, I have been able to travel mm -hmm. the world, to go to different parts, to attend different conferences. I have been able to pay for my kids' schooling. My, son, my oldest son just graduated from University of Galen with a bachelor's degree in computer science. And, and my other son. And my other son graduated from high school already, and he's now doing welding because that's his passion. He found yeah. his passion. And I am proud of him, and I encourage him, and I am 100% behind him. And if he wants to, when he's finished with his welding, because he's getting an American Welding Society certificate from, from America, he's getting... Um, he's a welder for a certain from three eighths to three fourths, and mm -hmm. now he's doing one inch. He's now he's doing one inch all in, and he will soon take his exam and and pass that. And there's a big demand for welders in the states and in Belize because you don't have too many qualified welders like him. He's doing like industrial right. welding, like to weld big warehouses. I'm so proud of my son. I'm not pushing him to, to academics because if that's not his passion, his passion is the welding. I, I'm, I support him. And, and you, we need more parents to be realistic and to mm -hmm. embrace that and to move forward because each one of us have a different role to develop our nation, to be productive citizens in the community and, and, right. and to push forward. So if, many, if more people have that mentality, it will move yeah. forward. So I think it all comes from education and education, yeah. I don't mean academic, I mean like word of mouth and you, you a campaign. It's like a campaign, ah, like way back in yes. the like way back in the 50s in America, they said, buy America, build America, buy. And, <laughs> and up, to today, up to today, everybody wants something that's made in America. Now, many things are not being made in America, but if the, the company is American, everybody wants it. Like here in Belize, we have really nice orange juice, but they will probably buy, want to buy a Tropicana orange juice from America because the, the campaign mm -hmm. is so strong, right? Buy America. We have really fresh orange juice. I mean, anywhere in Belize, you you try orange juice, it's, it's very good, delicious. You know, it's just an example, but many people need to start to understand. Many people need to start to understand. Um, buy in Belize, support Belize, yeah. support local local companies. It's like 
uh, I, I have some friends who they own a company named Green Clean. They, mm -hmm. they make cleaning agents for your kitchen, for your bathrooms, and for your house. And what. I buy their products. It's made in Belize. It's way cheaper, and it works just fine. And I promote it when I can on Facebook. And it's a fabulous product. It's Belizean made. I, I'm proud of that product. And I would like to support more Belizean products. So I would like to... That's a great way to end the conversation, which is support Belize products, right? Support... Yes, support Belize support yes. things at home. I mean, I was going to ask you to give us some advice for young people, but you've you shared a lot and I, I really, really appreciate it. And the conversation can go on forever, but unfortunately we have, I have to go. <laughs> but um, I really, okay, go ahead. No, I really appreciate everything that you have shared. Um, you've definitely given um, a perspective which is which is fresh and different, especially as someone who's a parent. Um, everything you said about you know encouraging young people to do what they want to do. Um, there are a lot of young people out there who want to hear that because they're being told that they need to get a degree and they need to go to university and so on and so forth. And here you are, a successful person, and you're saying, well, you know, maybe that's not the route for you. So I think people will really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much for, for sharing that insight with us. Thank you too. And I'm, I'm willing and happy to do a part two anytime you want. Or even Absolutely. I can just email it, I can email it to you and you can, um, you can include it in what, whichever way. Because I have, I'm 51 years old. Um, did I need to say that? Um, you can edit okay. that out, right? I can have a lot of different experiences that I, I, I have to encourage entrepreneurship and, and encourage young people to start up businesses wherever they are, anywhere in the world, because um, it's, it's a really a good thing and you become independent. And th thank you yeah. very much, Joanne, for having me. I'm, I'm really humbled that you chose me out of all the people whom you know worldwide. And thank you so much. And there's so many different things that contributed to me being a businesswoman, um, things that started and started me on, on this track. And I think I partly brought it with me in my DNA because I'm like, um, you have certain ethnicities that tend to be like just gravitate towards businesses. And, and I have part of that in me. I'm, I'm part, um, I think we discussed that earlier. And I, I naturally like business. I have an, uh, other siblings and they are academics. So my parents at first wanted me to be academic, but when they saw that the business trend was very strong in me, then they encouraged me. I had very supportive parents and I, as a parent, I'm very supportive of my kids too. And I'm even supportive and willing to mentor women and kids out there who want to do a business. I encourage them to go for their dreams and take this step one step at a time until they reach their goal and to not be afraid to take away the fear of starting their business. Because if you're going to be afraid, then you will never start your business. You just need to start. And that's it. You just need to start. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening into this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, www.rarebirdshq.com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.